successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. You're listening to Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Appreciate you joining us as well today on GrillNationShow.com and on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. Today's show is going to be a uh, amazing show. Um, just want to just want to tease it for you for a second. I mean, we are going to have on Andrew Bash, who we've had on before. You've seen him; uh, he's the from the Bash Group. It's a great real estate company in here in Kansas City, thebashgroup.com. Um, but the big thing about Andrew today is we're going to talk about bullying. He is a former bully who is a uh, has made his amends. He's had a very interesting life, very interesting story. And he's going to come on the show today and, and talk about some of the things he's been doing in the Kansas City community to uh, combat bullying and really to educate students uh, and parents and teachers on what his life, what, what the bullying did to him, what he did to other students, uh, what he did throughout life and business, uh, how he got sober. All, I mean, this this conversation is going to be one you will not want to miss. Um, and it really is, is it'll, it'll bring you to tears and it will really move you. And I'm really excited to have him on the show. We actually taped the interview, uh, earlier and, uh, I'm very excited to have it, uh, have him on the show today. Andrew Bash, who's a guest host and sponsor of the Grill Nation show, but we're not talking about business today. We're really talking about, uh, more important things and he will be on the show, uh, today. We're going to focus completely on Andrew Bash and on this story and it's going to be something you don't want to miss. And it's very interesting because, he got involved with this at St. Therese in Parkville, which is actually uh, where I went to grade school, uh, K-8, through and that was where he gave his first speeches to students. He actually talked to students uh, in all grades, K-8, through eight, so he's, he's very interesting. And this conversation will get extremely deep and uh, really informational and really makes you think. And that's one of the things we try to do here on Grill Nation Show, and Andrew will be on the show after the break to start that conversation and I think I really think you as the listener will enjoy it get a lot out of it it will it will make your day uh, it'll make you think a little deeper about how you treat people and it will make you kind of look at your past and maybe uh, lead to a better future so I think you should listen uh, to the entire show today which will be with Andrew Bash from the Bash Group uh, guest host and contributor of Grill Nation on bullying uh, and on what he's been working on in the Kansas City community I want to mention all of our guests, uh, or excuse me, all of our sponsors and supporters of the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. They are Trust, Bank of Kansas City, The Bash Group, Andrew Bash, who I mentioned, guest co-host and contributor, great real estate company here in Kansas City. Kenny Hertz Perry, attorneys at law, John Kenny Hertz is a guest co-host and contributor, a great law firm here in town. Catalyst Government Affairs, Danny Pfeiffer, who's a contributor who I hope to have on the show in the near future to talk about uh, the Missouri legislative session that recently ended and about politics. He is a tough guy to get a hold of, but we're hoping to have him in studio uh, in the near future or on the phone. The Rigger KC, 
uh, and Jay Rieger and Co. Ryan Maybe, guest coaching contributor. I actually had a chance to talk to his partner, Andy Rieger, at an event with the Kansas City Business Journal last week, and their company is really doing well. The restaurant is doing well, and uh, they're very excited to uh, be doing well. And Andrew, or excuse me, Ryan will be on the show here in the near future uh, as a guest coaching contributor. Kansas City Power and Light District and Two West Advisors and Ryan Rink, which I need to get Ryan back on the show as well. I appreciate all your support and partnership of Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Those folks are all up on the website at grillnationshow.com, as well as all of our podcasts and pictures of our show guests. Kind of want to talk about one one big thing uh, going on in Kansas City that has been very widely talked about. Um, it's the streetcar, and you know, there's a lot of people out there that are kind of negative about it because it doesn't do enough uh, to connect people here in Kansas City. But I will say this: in the first week of the streetcar being open, which was May 6th through May 13th, the ridership numbers were uh, over 57,000 people. Now, I want to make sure people know this because I think a lot of people don't. This is actually a free-to-ride. Um, so I live downtown. I've seen more activity down there with tourists than I ever imagined before I lived down there. There are people coming to Kansas City every week, every weekend, whether it's a big volleyball tournament, cheerleading competition, uh, you know, huge corporate event, whatever. There's things happening. And the ridership numbers are a lot higher than I actually thought they would be. I mean, over 57,000. They had, um, even into the week, they're getting about four to f- four to 6,000 riders a day. Um, so I think it's, it's, we should give some credit to, uh, the opening of the streetcar. I hope it continues. Now I will, we'll say this. People voted against an expansion in 2014, which is kind of unfortunate because I think, that people now are kind of frustrated that it wasn't expanded to the plaza. It has to be expanded. It should just continue to go straight, should go through UMKC to the plaza to uh, Westport. And I think that will serve the best purpose for the streetcar. Is it going to be something that's going to take you out to to the airport? No. Is it going to be something that's going to connect people and people that are in Kansas City and give them an option? Yes. It's free. I think it's been a success. You know, it cost $100 million. That's the big sticking point with people. It's only 2.2 miles long. But at the same time, you know, we haven't done anything with, with light rail or any subway system in 35 years in the city. So I commend the people that supported it. Um, it's been a good first week. I hope that continues. And, um, you know, I, I actually am, am pretty excited about the, the first few weeks of the streetcar. So. Um, with all the other stuff going on here in Kansas City, I think it's important for us to remember as a community that we've heard about KCI, we've heard about Kemper Arena, uh, we, we've, we've talked about the new hotel that's opening up. Uh, there's a lot of things happening, and I think they're all good things. I think sometimes people in Kansas City seem to think that we can only focus on one thing at once. I think we should focus on more than one thing at once, which is what the city's doing, what the elected officials are doing, and what the mayor's doing. So I commend that. We need to continue to progress. And obviously, I support a new new terminal, especially when it's free. Um, that needs to happen at some point. Um, so it's kind of one big thing today is really just kind of about Kansas City and about moving forward and about the streetcar success and acknowledging that in the first week. It does have its issues with you know how everything happened, but at the same time, it has been a success. So let's move forward and let's embrace it. Um, and one other thing I wanted to mention too about uh, public transit in the airport is that just so people know when they see these stories coming across the wire about TSA lines being ridiculous this summer throughout all of this country, um, just so you know, Kansas City is a, has private security. It is not a TSA airport. Um, they take tips from the TSA, but they actually hire people and have their own private security that 
do all the lines and the formation and the security at the airport. So just so you know that um, the lines have been very long at KCI as well. One of the reasons why I think we need to uh, think about a new terminal and hopefully that'll get happen here in 2017 with a vote. So very excited about the show again today. Andrew Bash is going to be on the show. He is a, I'm telling you guys, this segment, these few segments with Andrew are going to be a lot different than the other segments you might have heard Andrew on in our show. Um, really interesting. If you have any questions about anything with bowling, if you want Andrew to speak to your school, if you want to get connected to Andrew to get some of the materials that he uses to talk about his life and bowling, his email is andrewtbash at iCloud.com. I want to reiterate that again. And the website for him is thebashgroup.com. That is his business website uh, where he does real estate throughout the Kansas City area. You can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. You can also connect with me on Snapchat. I'm very active on Snapchat these days at Grill Mizzou. Um, you can find me also by my name at Jason Grill on Snapchat. Appreciate you joining us here again on Grill Nation Show. And I appreciate all of our partners and supporters for joining us and supporting our show each and every week. You can find out more information about Grill Nation Show at, at www.grillnationshow.com. We'll be right back after the break with Andrew Bash going to be a great show today. Thanks for listening. Running down the street like your hair's on fire. Thoughts running past like a man on the wire. Can't stop laughing. Keep them going crazy though. TV and the radio been watching since a baby so I'm representing Casey Mo. Casey Mo. Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today. I appreciate you as always joining me. Uh here on 980 AM and talk980am.com, as well as on grillnationshow.com and on iTunes. Uh, iTunes listening listenership is very popular. It's growing like crazy, so I appreciate you joining us today uh, and coming back after the break. We have on one of our um, contributors to Grill Nation Show, a supporter, a partner, a friend, um, Andrew Bash from the Bash Group. It's a great real estate company here in Kansas City. Their website is thebashgroup.com. And Andrew has come on from time to time, as you guys know and love, uh, to talk about different hot topics. And to um, he brings on a lot of different uh, thought leaders and guests in Kansas City. And that's one of the things we love about Andrew. And today he is coming on the show to talk about uh, a subject that he's been pretty active in recently, uh, bullying topics. And uh, we wanted to have him on to talk about that. So welcome to the show, Andrew. Hey, Jason. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. You're looking good. I like the... Uh, the suit and tie today, very professional as always. I'm trying to having, having a great dress up day. for the, the the show. For Mark and I? Yeah, you guys look great. Thank you. Um, okay, so what have you been up to, Andrew? You've been a busy man. Uh, I have been a busy man. I've been selling uh, lots and lots of real estate. The market continues to be hot, but what I wanted to talk about today is uh, I recently spent a few weeks up at uh, a place that's dear to your heart, Saint. <laughs> what is it? Saint Teresa, Saint Teresa uh, Parish, Saint Teresa Church, uh, the Little Flower. The Saint uh, Saint Teresa was the patron saint, and she's known as the Little Flower. And uh, so you got to you got to go up to Parkville, which is uh, not your normal stomping grounds. But did you uh, did you enjoy your time up there? It's I did. Country. So I am. Uh, I went up there uh, as a um, to to talk to the kids about bullying. Mm-hmm. And the reason that uh, I'm an expert in bullying is I actually was a bully growing up and possibly even into my adult life. Someone would say I'm still a bully, depending on who you ask. <laughs> so so, wait, so you, you were talking to, let me, let's just say that St. Therese is 
a Catholic school. It's K through eight, so it's 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 everything. It's yeah. So I met with every class, every grade. Uh, I spoke to the fifth graders as one group of seventy kids, and the rest of them I met in small groups with each individual class, and kind of told them a little bit about my story and shared with them and had it tried to make it pretty interactive where I asked questions of them and uh, allowed them to ask questions of me. Um, and it was just incredibly, incredibly powerful. It's, this is something I've been working on for a while. And this is uh, one of my first opportunities to really talk to a number of different mm-hmm. age kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you, so you mentioned that, you know, you were, you were a bully growing up. Um, yeah, so the the what I bring to the table as far as conversation goes with kids, parents, or adult or teachers is a I was a bully as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, B uh, I came to a realization of how I was acting, how I was treating others. Uh, booze and drugs is a part of this story, and that you know I've been without alcohol and sober for sixteen plus years which is also part of the story. And then now I'm a parent and I get to experience what it's like to be a parent and be concerned about your kid every day. You drop them off at school in hopes that they have a happy day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my kids don't always have a happy day. And oftentimes that's a direct result of the way that, uh, other kids are interacting with them. Mm-hmm. So, and so were you, were you mo- more of a bully when you were in, the, state, the age of these children in St. Teresa, were you more of one in high school? All the way through. All the way through. So, you know, you played sports in high school. There's obviously bullying that happens in high school football. Yeah, I was a meathead football guy that was not very nice Put to people a in lot lockers, of kids. You know, yeah, they, they all that. Tie them to the tree. You know? I was kind of like uh, in high school, and I was sort of like something out of an ABC after school special. Or, a, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was like Biff from uh, Back, to, Back the to the Future. That would probably be... Um, I, it doesn't, <laughs> so you were the, you were the, it doesn't the, pain me to say that, but it certainly, uh, was not my, you were the poster child for bullying. I was, you really were. Yeah. Um, what, how would you define bullying? I mean, what is the definition to you? So the definition of bullying, I think is for me would be to make someone else feel less than, uh, repeatedly or on a consistent basis is what I think everybody kind of looks to as bullying. The issue with bullying for me, and I try to point this out to the kids, is that it's not necessarily about anti-bullying, which is what we all work on, Mm -hmm. but what are we doing as far as being pro-kindness or caring, compassion? What do we do in that direction? Because one of the things I do with the kids is I... I tell them I'm a bully after I've been super nice and like they're like they all kind of freak out depending on their age. The sixth, seventh, and eighth graders were a little less freaked out because they start to become a little cooler, so they don't really care about anything. Although mm-hmm. these kids were really great and not entirely that way. Um, and then I ask, "Are there any other bullies in the room?" And of course, on occasion, which was really wild, is some of the kids actually would raise their hand and they were bullies in the class which sort of changed the dynamic of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But most of the time, nobody raises their hand. But then when I ask who's ever hurt somebody else's feelings, who's ever gone out of their way to make somebody feel bad, almost, you know, all these questions, everybody will raise their hand. Mm -hmm. And I think in our society, we've gotten so focused on who the bully is or the perpetrator that we sort of get away from the bystanders, the kids who don't 
get involved and say, hey, that's not how, what we stand for. Um, we don't talk about the target as far as like what things can the target do to feel more confident and not buy into it. Because as a past bully, you know, we look for people that are feeling weak or feeling down or not feeling confident because those are the easiest ones to go after. And then we also don't talk about the bully from a standpoint of the bully or anybody that's being um, derogatory or making making people feel less than mm-hmm. what I refer to it as. Uh, normally and typically, at least using myself as an example, do not feel great about themselves. And that's why they do that. It, talk about that more because that's something nobody talks about is, is the bully actually is into the bully's miserable, things. right? Yeah. So oftentimes the bully has already been bullied. Uh, I switched schools in first grade. I was fairly, we call, I call it quirky. Some would call it, um, bordering on nerdy. I like to like read all the time. Um, I wasn't super athletic at an early age and start became more athletic later on. My first year at my school was not super easy, and I was a new kid. Uh, Where were you at this point, Andrew? You were in what city were you in? Here. Oh, you were in yeah. Kansas City. Okay. Pembroke. Pembroke, yeah. Pembroke Country Day, which is now Pembroke Hill. Um, but what I found is I felt better. I didn't feel like I fit in, for sure. I didn't feel great about myself. I felt that way at a very early age. Uh, certainly remember feeling that way in first grade and even in kindergarten. Is that is that a family issue or is that why, um, why is that? Why I just you... think there's some of us that are out there that don't necessarily fit into the mold, right? Mm-hmm. right. And so we might be a little bit more uh, introspective or I don't know what the reason for it would be. But then my parents did go through a divorce, which made it exponentially worse. Uh, and then... I found that when I was mean, and I was big, I was a bigger kid. I found that when I was mean to other kids or hurt other kids' feelings, I felt better. It felt, it made me feel better inside. However, it was short lived. Mm. And, uh, that created a, uh, habit or pattern of going outside of myself to make my insides or internally feel better. And we all do that in, on different levels. What it re- eventually led to was a, a alcohol and drug problem, which that caused sets me. That's down the road. Yeah, it is down the road, but it started in junior high. I mean, I mm-hmm. started drinking uh, at 14. Mm-hmm. And, and how old are your kids now, Andrew? So my kids are 10, 9, and 6. Mm-hmm. And I've had experiences with them coming home and not. Would kids talk about that stuff though? I mean, I don't have any kids, so I don't know how it works. Yeah, but, I mean, I, uh, I don't my remember. Kids do. I don't remember talking to my parents about. Oh yeah, football practice. You know, got into it with this guy, or you know what I'm trying to say. I mean, you didn't. I mean, if you're, in, it, I remember in first grade or something. Well, let me one, tell one you of the this. Kids took, took here's my the thing that I'll say I mean, to anybody. Tell, told my parents, you know, right? Then, but, but, but here's what I'll tell you. Okay, and everyone that is listening to this that has kids, and anyone that has dealt with a kid coming home that regularly or repeatedly has a bad day as it relates to the way other kids are treating them will identify with this. It is heartbreaking as a parent. And I didn't really understand as a kid growing up making another kid feel really bad. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the repercussions and the energy that was being sent out because it doesn't just stop with that kid, right? That kid then may go back and, like we were talking about Trump, you know, escalated or go be mean to somebody else or go home and be mean to his brother and sister or her brother and sister. But the parents 
recognize it. And mm-hmm. as parents, and I talk about this with the kids, all we really want for our kids are for them to be happy. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that's more important to me than anything else. And uh, when that doesn't happen on a regular basis at a school, which is where they are for the majority of the day, uh, your life becomes fairly consumed with like, how do we make, you know, little Johnny happy? Mm-hmm. Uh, what can we do? What can, you know, how do we help the situation? And, you know, bullying is, bullying is an act of like typically is thought of if somebody pushes or is intimidating or whatever. But, you know, as I talk to these kids, the more heartbreaking uh, thing that I think takes place is uh, just ignoring or excluding which is kind of hard to put your finger on because like, you know, not all kids are supposed to hang out together. Right. I mean, everybody, same thing as, you know, you and I are friends now. We weren't friends before we met and now we have stuff that's in common. So we're buddies, but there's other people that we meet that mm, we don't really want to be buddies, you know, but mm-hmm. we can still certainly be kind and considerate and caring. Sure, you don't need to do business with them. You don't need to be best friends with them. I know what you're saying. But as kids, um, we, the, the, the whole, society starts in school right as far as how we yeah. all roll and let's get let's get into that after the break we're talking to andrew bash from the bash group real estate companies also doing a lot of things revolving around bullying and education these days you're listening to grill nation we'll be right back first things first i'm the realest realest Drop this and let the whole world feel it let them feel it and i'm still in the murder business i just want to chill got a sack for us to roll married to the money introduced it to my st- Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill on 980 AM and talk980am.com. You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and on at Grill Nation Shell. So on all the social media handles, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook at Jason Grill. Um, and you connect with the show as always on grillnationshow.com and on iTunes. We're talking to Andrew Bash, who is the founder of the Bash Group. It's a, a really great real estate company here in Kansas City. Their website is thebashgroup.com, but we're really Focusing today on what he's been doing with bullying, this is a topic that you know you hear about in the media a lot. Actually, uh, Donald Trump was on with Megyn Kelly. It's a pretty big interview that was taped uh, that's airing that aired this week, and he he commented that he was asked if he was a bully or if he was bullied, and he said he was not bullied. Um, and his advice to people that are bullied is to get over it and to fight back. That's kind of his his mantra, what he said on the interview with Megan Kelly. I wanted to get Andrew Bash's thoughts and then we're going to get into kind of what he's been doing more of more of with the bullying. What do you think about that, Andrew? I mean, Donald Trump saying he's not bullying, I, I don't believe it. Well, I think that uh, Donald Trump is uh, a good example and uh, his and level of support that Donald has been able to gain with the way that he's acted and the comments he's made uh, goes to exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. is the, the level of our society being uh, accepting of people treating each other like that. Right. And I would tell you that I think Donald was bullied. Either he was bullied by his father or he was bullied by somebody because I know to have that kind of persona did, does not come from someone who is comfortable with themselves. It comes from somebody who's not comfortable with themselves and don't, they don't want you to find out that mm-hmm. they're not comfortable with themselves, which is exactly what I did. Which is why he's, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get off this topic. We want to get back to you, but you know, you saw through well, this it's campaign, all kind of related, you saw though. during this campaign when, when people, when people made fun of Donald Trump's hands or when there was different things that he said, I mean, it was, he wouldn't let go of things. 
Um, well, I mean, look, this is this is indicative from my perspective of where we are right now as a society and all the more reason that we need to figure out ways to treat one another with kindness, respect and compassion versus you're wrong. I'm right. Or I'm wrong. You're right. Mm -hmm. Mentality. Andrew Bash. um, Let's talk about the process of how you got here. Yeah. Spot. So, uh, you know, one of the, the other part of this conversation that I don't share with, you know, I, when I talk to the, the, principal and the teachers over at St. Teresa's, the, uh, you know, the older kids have had dare or had, you know, some kind of introduction to drugs and alcohol education. And, uh, you know, that's a part of my story, which to me is, is related as, as, as bullying for me was me going outside of myself to feel better on the inside because I didn't feel good about who I was. Uh, or didn't know who I was, which is sometimes the same thing. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, you know, I found that alcohol and drugs would help me with that same feeling of, I don't feel great about myself. I do, I drink or use this and now I do. Mm-hmm. And then I'd wake up and feel like crap, crap again. Mm-hmm. So and you get depressed and you're, you're well, you but you it's don't the same do it thing. Again. There's always a letdown, right? So right. when you're going out and mistreating people, you know, that doesn't, that's not a high that lasts. It goes away, which is the same thing with booze and drugs. And, uh, on my 30th birthday, I got sober. And when I got sober, I went through the process of, uh, AA and did 12 steps and, uh, did a pretty, they have a four step, which is you look at all your resentments, you write them out, you totally, it's called an inventory. You really look at what your part was and how you treated any situation that involves relationships. Uh, in the eighth step, you make a list of all people you have harmed, and then in the ninth step, you actually go out and make amends to them. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a lot of amends to make, mm-hmm. and an amend is an act of contrition. It's not an apology. It's much different. And when I did that, um, I had like these amazing, crazy experiences with. So people. you're getting on the phone and you're calling people that you. I'm bullied, trying to meet them in bu- person. That you bullied, or yeah. you're trying to meet them in person, and they're probably like, imagine your high school bully calling you and saying, "Hey, uh, yeah. want to meet you? Want to meet you for coffee?" I mean, yeah. that would be kind of I awkward. It. It was. I met with. Um, I was in an open house one day, and a guy who now is a friend of mine walked in and quickly tell you the story, so we don't run out of time. Uh, he walked in, I hadn't seen this guy in 25 years. I didn't even know who he was. And I introduced myself like I would anybody that walked into an open house in a house I'm trying to sell. And he looked at me like he's going to punch me. <laughs> and, um, he goes, you don't remember me. And I'm like, no, he's like, and he went on to say, you know, the things that I had done to him and the effect that I'd had on him. And I said, Hey, you know, I'm not really able to talk about this right now. Would you be willing to have coffee with me so I can, um, approach it uh, appropriately? And, uh, we met for coffee and it was just, you know, he accepted my amend, my amend. He gave me an act of which I could do because an amend is an act of contrition, right? So I ask like an amend is here's what I've seen, I've seen that I've done wrong. Um, is there anything else that you want to add to that? You ask the person, they then share and he did and he, it was pretty powerful. And then, um, what can I do to amend the situation? And then whatever they asked me to do, I have to be willing to do 
within reason as long as it's legal and, you know, not going to send me to jail or whatever or hurt somebody <laughs> else. Uh, and I did that hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. And so you, you did this and you reached out to these people. And some people, though, weren't around anymore. You couldn't get a hold of them, right? Yeah, my roommate from college who I used to get in fistfights with, he was a really nice, funny Latino guy, but I didn't like him because he was different than me. And he liked uh, Metallica and I liked punk and New Wave. This is in 1988. So um, we used to get in huge fights. When I reached out to him um, and talked to his mom, and of course I hadn't talked to him since freshman year of college. This is like, I don't know, 12 years ago probably. Mm-hmm. His mom was like, Ray's not here. Ray killed himself, you know, three years ago or whatever. And what the reason I say that and I tell the older kids that story is like, you do not know how the the way that you treat people and interact with other people, you really don't know the effect that it's having on them. Mm. And you may be one person of hundreds that are acting or behaving that way, but the bottom line is you're not doing anything to help them. Mm-hmm. You're just doing more. You're adding to whatever um, all the other stuff, other stuff that they're carrying around. Mm-hmm. And I don't, um, I mean... I one day was sitting at my computer and this guy's name popped into my head that I hadn't seen since sixth grade. And I made this poor kid's life miserable when he came to Pembroke. He looked different. His dad was much older. He didn't dress like all the other kids. He probably was from a little bit of a different socioeconomic place than the rest of us. And I was like, all right, there's, he popped into my head. Let's see if we can track him down. I found him mm-hmm. and I called him. And uh, this is when you were in sixth grade and you're calling him as an over 30 year old. I called man. him 18, probably two years ago. Mm-hmm. And he answered the phone and he's the sweetest, sweetest guy. And, you know, here, here was this kid who I uh, had this opportunity presented to him to go to a place like Pembroke. And uh, everybody made his life miserable and he left. And I went and made amends to him, and it was one of the more incredible experiences I've ever had. And his his amend was, I I want you to be my friend. Like I don't have a lot of friends right now. He was on dialysis. He had lost his leg. He had lost his thumb. He had MRSA. He weighed like eighty pounds. I went and saw him in this really like not big hospital. Uh, that was sort of like just an odd place. And anyway, he died. And I went to his uh, funeral, was over at the Merriam Community Center, and I met his mom, mm-hmm. I met his sisters, uh, I met his son, and I had to tell him, like, yeah, you know, how do you know Charles? Well, Charles and I became friends, but I'm one of the kids that was horrible to him at Pembroke. And they all were like, oh, yeah, his time at Pembroke was horrible. The interesting thing that I saw and I took away from that, besides his, one of his sisters and family were so nice and so welcoming, uh, was... I saw the pictures, you know how parents will do a picture of their kid every year, like in a circle oh, all the sure. way to senior year. Sure, yeah, yeah. So they had that of Charles. Yeah. And he was super happy in first grade, super happy second grade, super happy in third grade, a little less happy in fourth grade. <laughs> You're noticing a change. Uh, fifth grade, really not happy. Sixth grade, not happy. And basically, you, you saw in, this, in, in these photographs this happy, sweet, innocent kid that because of a, what, the way other kids were treating him, it just like changed, changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. And like I was talking to Mark before and you, and I said, you know what I tell these kids is that they may not remember what you did to them, 
but they will always remember how you made them feel. And that's true of all of us today. Mm-hmm. Like when we have interactions with people, you know, we joke with each other sure. and uh, you and I, but like, you know, harsh uh, comments or treatment of another individual, they la- those that stuff lasts mm-hmm. and it doesn't go away. And I know that because I know the experiences I had when I went and talked to people and how angry they were when I first would call try them. to make amends and, and then, you know, they'd calm down and then they would be, uh, I think healing came from the amends, but that is part of the process that led me to this and helps me to share those stories with kids. I will tell and we're going to have you back on after the break again, Andrew, to continue oh, okay. the conversation. Um, well, I just wanted to say that like, the way that these kids were willing to share some of these stories was extraordinary. And, uh, I mean, I just gained amazing insight, uh, mm-hmm. and respect. I mean, I had a second grader that called himself the invisible boy mm-hmm. when I asked, has anybody had their feelings hurts or whatever? And he said, like, no one will play with me at recess. And like to have the other kids hear him say that in second grade. And I'm, I asked him, well, how does that make you feel? He said, it makes me feel like the invisible boy. Hmm. And, I mean, that's pretty, pretty amazing powerful. for a second grader to be able to verbalize that. We'll be right back with more of the Andrew Bash uh, enlightening conversation here on Grill Nation Show. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back after the break. I turn the music up. I got my records on. I shut the world outside until the lights come up. Maybe the streets Welcome back to Grill Nation. We're with Andrew Bash. You're listening to 980AM and Talk980AM.com as well as GrillNationShow.com and um, on uh, iTunes and TuneIn Radio. As always, you can connect with me on GrillNationShow.com and see a list of all of our photos, shows, and our supporters and sponsors that I mentioned at the top of the show. But we're uh, we're knee deep in a really interesting conversation here. We don't we don't get a chance to do this very often with Andrew Bash. Uh, we're going to hopefully be having more conversations like this with him in the future. But um, we're talking about bullying. We're talking about the all the different facets of it and how it affects people's lives on a day to day basis. But one of the things I wanted to continue on with Andrew on is talking about kind of how he got connected to uh, speaking about this and to St. Therese and how this all kind of came about once he had made his amends and all these other things that happened. It was something obviously he was working on, but how did he, how has he now moved to educating students and getting into schools and working with them? Well, and I just want to follow up the, the, the tail end of the last segment okay. regarding these kids, because I, I, I really think that part of this process is having regular conversations uh, and possibly even the idea of making it part of the curriculum in these schools of how important it is how we treat one another. Mm-hmm. Because I, I know for a fact that even when I told my mom that I was doing this, right. She was like, well, you really weren't that bad. Were you like, I mean, 20 years, like she had as a parent, you know, you think your kids are perfect. Right. And we as parents operate the way that we operate. We don't realize that we're modeling behavior that our kids then see. No matter how kind or not kind you are, we all are, none of us are perfect. And children will pick up whatever they pick up and then they'll operate saying, well, I saw mom or dad do that. So Mm -hmm. that must, that must be legit. And it was fascinating to have these kids, you know, to like share with one another 
as you got into the seventh and eighth grade and the sixth grade, like the crickets, like it was really hard for, to get them to open up. A couple of the classes did, mm-hmm. but in the younger grades, like they were willing to like tell stories and like share. And some of the kids in the older grades, but you know, we in this society do not talk about a being willing to be vulnerable, right? Because being vulnerable or allowing yourself to be vulnerable gives you the opportunity to like show that you're weak, which is actually you have to have incredible courage to be willing to be vulnerable, which is what I shared with these kids. And um, it just was really amazing to me how many of them would be willing to share and 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 talk about it mm-hmm. at, an, at a young age, which leads me to believe that they want to. You right. know, yeah, but, they want to talk but they about start, it. but then in sixth grade, it's no longer cool. Right. And I think the reason it's no longer cool in sixth grade is we start to become so obsessed with how we're perceived by everybody else mm-hmm. instead of like, who am I? Who am, who am I at my core? And therefore, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're just, you're just changing in sixth grade and seventh grade. Well, that's grade. what we I mean, say, you're, but you're, we're changing. You're, you're starting that's... to like girls. You're starting to, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You have new friends. I mean, you mentioned you had different friends when you were younger than you had when you were older. You know, with with my friends and I playing. were not nice people. <laughs> I can tell you that. So a lot, a lot of my friends actually were nice. They just they thought I was pretty funny. So let me ask you this: So you walk? How, how long are these speeches you give? And, and how did so that every class was different, but it was however long the class was. So some of them were thirty, and some of them were fifty. I have an actual talk in which I give, like that I could give to a large group about my story, uh, which could be anywhere from twenty to fifty minutes or longer. Uh, what I was doing with the kids is interacting with them and asking them questions and trying to keep them engaged, which I thought went really well. Mm-hmm. So, so you can do either is what you're saying. I mean, yeah. you've done a speech. You've also done interactive conversations with the kids. Right. And I can talk to, uh, you know, schools as a whole. I can talk to parent PTA groups. I can talk to teachers. Uh, I think I bring a really interesting perspective because I have, like I said, you know, I was bullied. I was a bully. Uh, I was, uh, and now I'm a parent and know what it's like to be on the other side of that. Um, and so, and so you, and you've talked to K through eight. I mean, are you, is that kind of the limit? I mean, obviously, no, I talked to high to, school. I talked to high school here real quickly because so we don't run out of time. I got involved in this because there's two women that live in Kansas City who are both amazing, amazing ladies. One is Sue Ellen Freed, who we should probably have on the show because okay. she's love great. to have her on. And Blanche would be great, and Blanche Soslin. And they wrote this book called Banishing Bullying Behavior. And my wife and I had been talking about me doing this talk and how to get you know involved in it. And I was uh, selling a house for a client, and my sister, my partner Sarah, was handling most of it. But then in the negotiations, I got involved, and I sent Blanche an email. And when she responded, her signature was Banishing Bullying Behavior, which is this whole thing that she's involved in with this great group of women um, that will go into schools and make these presentations. And so that's how I kind of got started in it. And I don't have a website for them necessarily, but if you wanted any information on this, you can email me at Andrew T bash at iCloud.com. Andrew T bash at iCloud.com. Yep. Also, you can find you online too. Yeah, and you um, can just go through the, the business website as well. But. And that's thebashgroup.com. And anyway, so these gals, these these women created this group, and Sue Ellen Freed does all kinds of amazing things for our city. And uh, I mean, she's got a program that she brings 
literacy programs to the inmates in Leavenworth, uh, and there was just a, uh, a an exhibit at the Kemper mm-hmm. with photos of some of the inmates that she's helped. She's uh, a big philanthropist. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Both of them are amazing, and all the women that are involved in this group are amazing. So that's how you got connected. That's how I got connected, and um, it's been... It's been an amazing how'd you, how'd you get connected to St. Teresa up north in Park? Through this group. Oh, through the group. Yeah, they the, the group. Go, we, you know, we go out and try to get schools to allow us to come in and do these programs. And So you've spoken at a Catholic private private school, and obviously uh, it'd be interesting for you to speak at a public school at some point, too. It'd be, I'd be happy to speak at any school. Mm-hmm. I think this is something that we don't spend enough time on. Uh, there was something in the news just uh, yesterday about the Turner School District. A couple of the moms, their kids have been consistently and constantly harassed and the school district hasn't really done anything about it. It's, it's interesting. And I've had my own experiences with it and I can't necessarily say that my kids were quote unquote bullied, but they certainly uh, were made not to feel a part of. And I've watched kids and the way they treat each other. And it's shocking to me. Mm -hmm. It's changed. Um, We've got about a minute left, uh, Andrew. I want to talk to you. So, what what are the solutions? Are are just continuing to talk to your parents and to, and to get to talk to students because you know we've seen legislation try to be passed and state legislators with bullying. We've seen you know government bodies get involved. What, what's your well, what's your not, sound advice? I think for, the sound advice is number one is parents stop thinking that your kids are perfect because none of our kids are. Mm-hmm. And number two, if the school or somebody says that little Johnny did something that wasn't very nice. Instead of blowing it off, get involved, mm-hmm. find out what the issue is. Uh, for the kid, well, first off, bullying takes place in all aspects of life. The Blanche Sosland is coming out with a book about this purely on bullying in the workplace. Um, you know where the a huge amount of bullying takes place? Nursing homes. Really? Yep. So, um, so it's schools, everywhere in life. Businesses, nursing homes, it happens all over the place. And uh, what I tell the kids is that confrontation of a kid like that with the question of, like, what is it about you right now? What kind of pain are you in that's causing you to want to make others be in pain? Mm -hmm. Because normally, and I tell the kids this, if you're going out of your way to make somebody else feel bad, it's because you feel bad yourself. And... um, it's really just talking to the students. Well, Parents there's a whole the list, and I can anybody that wants to contact me or ask me more about it. I'd be well, we'll have you on again with Blanche uh, and the other. Oh yeah, that would be great. That'd be great. Uh, thanks, Andrew Bash from the Bash Group for coming on Grill Nation show today. Amazing conversation, amazing story. Congrats on all the stuff you're doing right now to uh, help educate uh, people on bullying and in bullying. Uh, you've been listening to Grill Nation show. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you again next week. Hope you enjoyed. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.